time for rolling. Hey, how's everyone doing? It's Endless55, and we're back with Time for Rolling Esports. Uh, this is episode 20 of the podcast. This is our last episode for the spring season. We are transitioning into kind of the off time for Vainglory. I'm going into the summer season here. Um, so on this episode is the recap of the Western Championships, the spring finals. Uh, so we do want to give our congratulations over to Cloud9. Uh, they were victorious this past weekend. And we also want to say congratulations to all the Vainglory community and thank you to all the Vainglory community all together that uh, you know, worked really hard this weekend and did a lot of great things for the Vainglory community all together. So we're super excited to see what holds for summer, for us for summer and uh, just the future in general. So you can follow us as always at Time for Rolling Esports. But I think that's all we have for news. Uh, so I'm gonna let you guys get into this episode. That is one trade. T-Tigers is still pretty healthy. Tries to jump in. He finds one. This is a big turnaround for Liberation X. They might get the third. They might find an ace here. On to Lost Boytop. Surrey Strike is not oh. enough. Because goes down. He might go for Donna Twips. He's going to get one. He's got to get two. Lost Boytop. Oh, Lost Boytop. He does it. He gets the two versus one turnaround under the turret. He lives two. Pretty crazy, huh? It's pretty nuts. What are we talking about? The Unified Championships. Day one? Eh. Eh. Day two? Mm. Oh. Day three? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What's up, guys? Endless 55. I'm joined here with Crude Sloth. That was our verbal expressions of what we felt about this week. This weekend, the Spring Live Championship was pretty crazy. There's a lot of good matchups. Don't get us wrong. I think we were just so hyped for uh, day three, and day two was so good that day three had to just be crazy in order for that to be day, day two. Which there were some good points at day three. It's just I think yeah. we were a little let down by our grand final. Which yeah, was... just the you know best of five. We just didn't really get into. Uh, you know, that fifth game, and it was just between NA and NA. Kind of didn't get to the whole drama of EU versus NA, but um, you know what? Such is life. I think it was a successful weekend for Vanglory altogether. Uh, the production and everything at the O2 was amazing. Shout out to everyone who helped, all the volunteers, all the crew. Uh, just being on the Twitch side, you, you know, YouTube side, watching everything was pretty crazy, and they all did a really great job. Interviews, all the um, casters, they did a wonderful job. So bravo, hats off to you guys for a successful spring championship, and you know, congrats to all the players. You know, they put a lot of hard work into this weekend and prepping, preparing for everyone, and you know, all the trash talk that all led up to it. So, you know, NA, you know, they held their own, except for Immortals, but you know, with players missing, that kind of thing. Uh, probably would have been avoided if we had all the players there. NA greater than EU. It's been solved. So yeah, in I, case there was any mystery out there. I um, think 
it, for right now, it has been solved. NA is still definitely better than EU. I mean, think about it. Even number three hammers didn't have their full roster there, and they didn't make it out of the first round, which we'll get into that. I think that would have been a different story if starting all over was there and they had their full roster. Because, I mean, Chicken was playing carry, and <laughs> that's not his go-to role, obviously. So, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, day two, the first kind of just the first matchup of NA versus EU is really exciting. You know, SK versus Cloud9, we'll get into that later. But just seeing two different teams on stage again, all the way back to preseason invitational. It's been so long since we've seen, you know, the new teams getting in, kind of new teams facing each other. Uh, it's kind of nice to see, you know, Fnatic and then, you know, SK versus other NA teams. But. Day one, let's go ahead and we're not going to really break down too many of these. We have a lot to talk about. This could be a long episode. Prepare yourself. I hope you're ready to listen to this. But uh, day one regional play started Friday. Uh, started out with SK versus Mouse Sports. You know, easy matchup to kind of get us into things. Uh, SK handled themselves pretty well against Mouse Sports. Uh, 3-0'd them. So, you know. I was hoping to see Mouse take a game off of them, but I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. It's like Mouse Sports, you know, they can't win in the VGA, but they're Darn it, they're not going to go back out into the challenger battles. They'll win those matches, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, they tried to show up, and <laughs> uh, hopefully they'll be able to get some stuff around during this summertime and, you know, hopefully get some things going for them. But, yeah, SK, go ahead and win that one, 3-0. Uh, next matchup I was a little more excited for, this Fnatic versus Cyclone, seeing uh, Bastion Waldemar, you know, versus the kind of the original boys on uh, Fnatic. Those three have been around for a long time. Yeah, this was going to be a much more exciting matchup. I mean, seeing, I mean, Fnatic, you know, we've had, we know that they had the, the bunker. Um, this was their home turf, so they had to kind of come out and perform. You know, it'd be really bad if they got booted day one from their, their own, I guess you could say, own event, since it's their home court. But, uh, we see that Fnatic, they ended up pulling out the win against Cyclone. Um, I think I picked, I picked Fnatic to win that game. Did you pick Fnatic to win that game? Oh, uh, yeah, I also picked Fnatic to win that game. Darn, I thought I had one up on no, you already. Not, not yet, you haven't. You will, though, eventually. But, you know, we see kind of this, you know, just an interesting type play style coming out of Cyclone. They're very all-in, you know, all-or-nothing all type play style with uh, Waldemar's builds. He just kind of builds some crazy stuff, you know. That first game, he was on that duel, which, you know, something we've seen from him. But, you know, he gets, you know, two Tyrants, Monocles, a Sorrow Blade. Bones all he does have an Aegis in that game. You know, this next game, uh, we see him having Sourblade, two Tyrants, Monocles, and a Tension Bow. Um, it, the next game, he has Sourblade, two Tyrants, and it looks like he's going for Tension Bow again. No defense. So, I mean, that, that play style is fine, you know, when you're going to get the kill first. But if you're going to get someone who has two different defensive items, they're kind of going to outlast you. So, that definitely doesn't work against NA. We 100% would know that. Yeah. But, um, you know, this game goes into. Uh, four matchups, we see them kind of win that first game, come back towards the end and win, and then uh, Fnatic kind of uh, gets their stuff together and wins the wins the next three matchups. So Fnatic moves on to day two, and uh, most likely against TSM, depending on how all the other matches go. But uh, third matchup, uh, Hammers versus Immortals. Uh, this was one matchup that I was kind of questioning early on. I really wanted, I thought Immortals would play well and maybe beat Hammers without starting all over. A lot of people, you know, I know Tasty Bacon, he called that one. I, I almost picked Immortals, but I did go with Hammers, so I can't act like I picked it. 
we both had picked Hammers. We thought they would, you know, T Tigers would still be good enough. I 100% thought that Hammers would still win, and I was very surprised. I mean, Sweet Jay is the sub, you know, come on. He he knows what he's doing, so. Yeah, so, I mean, we're going to break down, I mean, these real quick, just these, maybe not the first couple of matchups, but uh, we see Immortals. They go ahead and take a 2 0 lead right away and get the first two wins off of, um, off of Hammers. So we get the. You know, Hammers comes back and gets that starts to do the reverse sweep. They win the next two matchups, and uh, this game five of the match was pretty intense. The draft for this one, Hammers on A and Immortals on B. Hammers goes ahead and bans out that Finn, and uh, Ham- Immortals bans away the Kashka. Uh, real quick, if you didn't know, I don't know how you didn't, but Max Green was playing as the captain. Uh, Sweet was playing as a captain, but in the final fifth game, Sweet actually did play on the glaive. So, um, he switched depending on what they switched were. around a lot. I just mean, depending on like yeah, yeah. With the comfortability and maybe what Sweet Jay was thinking. So uh, first pickup for Hammers is the Lyra. Second pickup for or first pickup for Immortals is Glaive. Second round of bands we get that Lance and a Kestrel band out. Uh, last two pickups for each team Hammers with that Samuel and uh, Vox, which Samuel we saw was picked a lot, kind of not a lot, a lot day one, but definitely picked day one. Uh, I know off the top of my head for day three since we just got done watching it, we never really yeah. saw Samuel at all. Which dis- may be because there's no EU teams. Yeah, he disappeared a little bit more. But then the last pick is for Immortals is that uh, Gwyn and um, that Fortress. So, I mean, we see this matchup, that last game. We see uh, Suijay, you know, on the Glade, like I said. He went 4-2, and two, had a nice game. He did a tension bow aftershock, which was interesting, that double proc, which we used to see that. Who knows what one point, whatever that was. And then we also see DNZO do a tension bow, which is something that we do not see double tensions bow. They definitely prioritize this with having double squishy ham- uh, heroes like uh, Samuel and Vox, and it was really just their whole goal to blow up the enemy team. And you know they just did a really great job. Sweet kind of pulled out all the stops. He had the right knockbacks. That DNZO went nine and one. Just really had a great game, and just had his positioning perfect. Uh, unfortunately, Chicken and T Tires they couldn't do enough. You know Chicken does play the captain role. You know back in the day he was a laner, so he was you know back in his original position and kind of maybe not as strong since he's been playing captain for so long but that was a great series it completely destroyed everything we were expecting for this weekend if hammers would have won it like everyone was kind of expecting they would have went and played team secret and then the winner of Gangstars and tempo would have went and played uh the g2 but since that did not happen immortals comes down and plays g2 and then Gangstars, where they win they go up and play team secret which kind of switches the whole brackets that means now if it does play out you have a semifinals of Cloud9 and Team Solo Mid instead of a finals of Cloud9 and Team Solo Mid, which kind of opens up the door for EU. So we'll have to see if EU does take advantage of that. But that is the matchup for that day one. Probably the most exciting matchup in my personal uh, opinion. Uh, for the rest of the week, we see... I don't know. I think that the uh, the Gangstars Tempo Storm matchup was pretty interesting as well. I mean, I I didn't I personally didn't get to watch all the matches on this one, but I know a lot of people were talking about how hyped it was. And that Gangstars played out of their minds, especially Zeno that first day. I know he had a lot of credit playing on that Grump Jaw. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason I was so hyped, not necessarily because it was such a good matchup-wise, like best of five type thing, but just because uh, Hyde was there, Tempo had their a roster they needed, but Gangstars just came out and absolutely destroyed, which was really, uh, just, it was weird. It wasn't what we were expecting from that Gangstars team. So, uh, you know, Gangstars... Uh, they win, they go on, and they're going to have to play um, Team at Secret. Team Secret, which, you know, Team Secret had the chance of beating Hammers because Hammers wasn't going to have their full roster. We thought EU would move on there, but now they're playing Gangstars, who's looking good. So 
Uh, gangsters definitely have to pull out all the stops in day two to beat uh, Team Secret. But Team Secret doesn't have their full roster either. They don't have their uh, their superstar. So. But I trust Team Secret's roster without Leon more than I would trust Hammers without starting all over. While they do put a lot on Leon, I think, you know, tricky just man. And then I'm the Doom, who makes that team even better. I was still thinking that, you know, that may be a good, a pretty good roster themselves. Tricky's, Tricky's good, but you got to remember, this was his first live championship. And a lot of people, like we've talked with Fuji in our previous, it, it's a big difference from when you go to playing in your own bedroom or wherever you're playing to playing on a live stage with a bunch of people there watching and cheering you on. And you hear crowds yelling and screaming. And so it's, it's a big difference. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I see what you're saying that I, that lineup would be a little bit better without Leon than what it would be without um, starting all over. Yeah, so that was day one. So here are the matches for day two, then we'll get into them. Number two, Cloud9 versus number three, SK. Number two, Team Secret versus number four, Gangstars. Number one, G2 versus number six, Immortals. And then number one, Team Solomid versus Fanatic. So this is the first day we get to see those powerhouses, Team Secret, G2, uh, Team Solomid, Cloud9 on stage. So that's why everyone was so hyped for day two. We got to see them finally play. And it was a really great uh, day, too. So let's go ahead and look at this first matchup, Cloud9 versus SK. All right, so diving into day two here, we got C9 going up against SK. I'll dive into the draft real quick. I want to highlight this one a little bit more because we see, uh, I mean, first of all, we see Baptiste coming out. But So we got Cloud9 on side A, and we got SK on side B. Um, right away we see Cloud9, they ban out the Arden, and then SK bans out Lyra which opens up Cloud9. I love Joseph getting his Kashka, which proves to be fatal. Later on, we'll see that. Uh, and then SK, they pick up Adagio, and then the next two bands are Blackfeather and Lance. And the final two pickups for each team, which is very interesting, Cloud9, they got Vox and Glaive, and then SK comes and picks up a Grumpjaw and a Baptiste. So this is the first time we're seeing Baptiste on the Halcyon Fold and the competitive, uh, I guess, scene, you could say. Um, didn't really work out as well as what they had planned, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is the first time this 2.4 we've seen Baptiste being pulled out. Uh, Grumpjaw has been used a lot in this weekend. Grumpjaw is definitely being more prioritized, whether it's weapon jungle, crystal jungle, or, you know, utility and um, that captain position. So Grumpjaw definitely works. This was a first look at Baptiste. Didn't work at all. So we do see a very successful Baptiste pick later on that we will talk about and how they, they kind of executed that, uh, which was on that Cloud9. They pulled that out, which was I was very surprised to see that coming out of an NA team. But yeah, this first matchup, you know, Tyrus tried to get that tension Bo Sorrow Blade, which I think the build that Von C builds, Ascension Bow Double Tyrants, is more of a as a smarter build than a Sorrow Blade. That crit is more important than a Sorrow Blade because you're not really necessarily trying to last long to build stacks. Like you're not having a breaking point paired up with that Sorrow Blade. But yeah, this first game does go over to Cloud9. It was kind of a dominating thing. I was kind of worried. Uh, game two, we see a different result though. We do see Gavalfar get on a hero that he was is was really good with during the splits, which was that Black Feather. Um, old school went with a Baron, which was kind of surprised about. I'm not a big fan of Baron. There's very few people that play a Baron that I feel comfortable about them winning the matchup. Uh, Tyru's on his Samuel, which I was like, holy crap, you know, that's one of his most comfortable heroes. He goes 4, 7, and 13, so he didn't play the best. Uh, really, the main story was probably Kavalfar just getting the kill secure and going 13 and 3. So they win game two, and I was like, we got ourselves a very first, you know, the first matchup's going to be a heck of a game, but. Not the story. We see 
Cloud9 get their stuff together and go ahead and win the next two matchups. We saw I Love Joseph pull out that Sky, which he does pull that out on later on once again. So keep an eye out for that Sky he pulled out going 4-0. On that last matchup, we see I Love Joseph on that Glaive with a weapon power and absolutely dominating going 8-3. and three. So Cloud9 got their stuff together. Uh, unfortunately, Cavalifar, he had a Rona. Couldn't really make that Rona successful in this game. Uh, they go ahead and lose. I know they were kind of disappointed, but they played against uh, a powerhouse Cloud9. So... If you're going to lose to anyone, I guess you're going to lose one of the best teams. But let's go ahead and move over to this game two of the day, which game two was Team Secret versus Gangstars, which this was a pretty hype matchup. I know we were both excited to see how Gangstars was going to do against this Team Secret. Number four versus number two. Uh, let's go ahead and look at some of these drafts. You want to break down. Um, let's, do, let's start with the first one. All right, so first up we have Team Secret on side A. We got Gangstars on side B. Uh, we see Team Secret, they ban away that Kashka. Gangstars, they ban away that Kestrel, which allows Team Secret, they pick up the Grump Jaw. I was kind of surprised by that. Uh, Gangstars, they go ahead and pick up an Adagio. Team Secret bans out a Sky. Gangstars ban out a Vox. And then the last two pickups for each team. Team Secret, they pick up a Black Feather, and we see a Celeste getting picked up. Uh, normally we see Leon doing that, but once again, Leon's not there. And then the last two pickups for Gangstars really surprised me. Uh, Lyra was still open, so they went ahead and picked up the Lyra, and then they finished that up with a Kroll. So you got double healer and then um, Zeno on that Kroll. So it was going to be uh, Wrecked and Iraqi just healing up Zeno and letting him go to town. And as later on we see, I mean, Zeno finished the game 10-0. and 0. Uh, He completely destroyed this Team Secret and was not ready for it at all. He had a lot of sustain. He had the poison shiv and the serpent's mask coming through and then just the pretty much the rest of it was defense. Um Team Secret could not figure out how to get past this. I mean you don't. Like you have double heal, two sustain, and you don't even have a breaking point. You never got to finish it. So a really strange build, but uh like we'll talk about next game, Zeno likes having ability to do damage. So I think the double healing coming out of them and him just being able to sustain, I think uh, Team Secret needed to focus down Iraqi quick enough, and even if they did try to focus him down, then Iraqi, instead of healing Zeno, he would heal himself, and Wreck would heal Iraqi. So really, it was just a constant healing, and if they would focus Iraqi too much, then Zeno's going to stack up breaking or his uh, weakness stack. So it was just a really uphill battle for uh, Tricky and the guys with them. I know uh, Just Man with a Grump Jaw didn't really do much. Uh, his stuff just wasn't, If even if he did stuff Iraqi, you know, Xeno was just surviving for so long. Normally when you stuff someone, you need to delete the other carry right away. And that's hard to do. Um, so, yeah, Gangstars won this first game right away, and I was surprised seeing Gangstars pull out a, a Crawl, which is normally an EU-type thing. We don't see NA really run a Crawl unless it's a different patch. Definitely not right now. But the next game, they pick that the Crawl right away. But... You know, in this matchup, it's not it's not weapon power. No, it, they do a little bit more of that crowd control, that CC with the, the Aftershock, Storm Crown. And um, needless to say, it did not work at all. Zeno ends up going 0-6. Uh, Wrecked was on that Adagio and Iraqi Zoro on, on Gwen. Uh, I mean, they tried to do a little bit earlier on, um, a little bit more like proc, uh, early burst damage. You got, you know, Zeno, or I'm sorry, you got Iraqi getting that tension bow. Uh, but once that Baron got online for Tricky... Uh, he went nine and two. He he did some damage. He showed that he he does belong and that he's not worried about this first time being live on stage. Yeah, I mean, I'm the Doom kind of showed how you play that Crystal Grump draw, uh, doing a really uh, great job of using his uh, Hangry and Grumpy and uh, slowing down Iraqi. I mean, he did go three and three, 
but unfortunately Zeno just couldn't stay alive because he wasn't he didn't have a sustain which I think that's kind of that's the tricky part you just played a game where you had insane heals and insane stain a stain a stain sustain a stain sustain <laughs> please keep that in there <laughs> oh my lord all right but anyway so he's probably used to like oh this is how long I can last this is how long I can last because he has like all that a stain and <laughs> He just he didn't have the same amount of heal coming out, so he struggled that game. Do you notice Rex build on this too? He has Atlas Pauldron and then two tier one defense. He was building so much against that splash damage from that Baron, trying to avoid that splash damage, and it just it. I mean, he still went zero and four. So. Yeah, he couldn't help. He he had to build and counter against that. He had he just couldn't survive. That was the main uphill battle. But you know, we see these next couple matchups. We see. Um, Iraqi, he goes over and tries to pull a tricky and uh, get out that Baron. Uh, doesn't work. He goes two and five. Uh, tricky get on that Ringo, and then once again, Amadou really showing how this Grump Jaw starts to become super powerful. We see a lot of teams either banning or picking this Grump Jaw. Uh, definitely was not one I thought would be banned as much as it was. Uh, they go ahead and lose this game. So now you know Gangstars are down two uh, one. So I was kind of worried, you know, that we we're gonna have our first upset from EU. Um, I had completely written them off. I'll be I'll be a hundred percent honest. I thought that Team Secret was gonna finish them off, especially getting into Game Four. At one point, I was like, "Well, this game's over with." Yeah, uh, Game Four. We have Iraqi on the box. We got Zeno. He comes over to that Grump Jaw once again. Utility, uh, really successful. I'm the Doom. He goes on this uh, Crystal Back Black Feather. He builds up Poison Shiv to kind of counter that wrecked healing and the double sustain coming out of Iraqi. Uh, really, Amadoom struggled, to be honest. He couldn't get his on points, and when you're not hitting your on points, you're not getting that fortified health, you aren't going to win. You're not going to survive. Tricky 7-5 on that Baron once again. So uh, much better plays from Zeno. He allowed Iraqi to get damage off when he would stuff uh, the Baron up, and a lot of times, just man tries, so he couldn't use Crucible, Atlas. He really couldn't use his abilities, and that's the kind of thing we see how these Grump Jawses, they do stuff the captains, and that way they can't use their abilities. They can't keep their team alive. That's game four. We got a game five. Uh, probably the most hyped game five, maybe of the whole weekend. It's debatable, but we know uh, Dowsy definitely thought it was hype. You know, he uh, he just said, you know, it's going into game five. They go to the the uh, caster's desk, and he just grabs his book and just tosses it. He said, you know, it's game five. Here we go. So no, no, I matter. was I was the exact same way. I was so hyped. I did not think they were going to take out that four or that game four. And uh, going into game five, I was a little nervous um i saw xenotech he got picked up with that glaive and we haven't seen him play that very often i mean you know he more of his comfort picks would be kestrel or kashka or something like that so me seeing him go on the glaive i was like oh uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes um how did it end up do you know well i mean just domination maybe is the word <laughs> i was looking for uh 18 and 3 is domination yeah i mean tasty bacon gave a lot of flat he's like this isn't gonna work i don't know why you're picking glaive into a grump jaw fortress type pick uh i'm gonna do once again six and seven pretty decent on that grump jaw tricky really struggled with his positioning oh and nine on this um on this box really just struggled throughout this game and really that that's what the whole story was when you can afterburn and just burst someone down immediately like xeno was doing 18 and three people like xeno definitely proved himself against team secret here that he is a really great jungler people have doubted him and he was really there to show himself and to show how powerful he actually was. Yeah, no more questions about it, please. I mean, I, I think he's done his fair share. Granted, he's not up there yet with uh, maybe like T-Tigers or one of them, but he definitely is 
a top tier jungler. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was a great series. We see gangsters moving into the day three. Really surprising to see them uh, going on, and it was going to be exciting day three, that's for sure. Uh, the next matchup, we see the number one seed G two against the number six Immortals. I was like, holy crap! What if Immortals wins this? We get a seed six. Like you know, Immortals kind of always comes up and shows they perform well on stage. They get that that stage buff. They like to say. Um, but not the case against this G2 team. Honestly, Hondura did a really, really great job performing. Uh, they go ahead and 3-0 them. We saw our first alpha in that matchup, too. We did so see our first alpha. I think that was, was pretty... the one and only. Uh, later on, we see G2 playing against Gangstars, and Gangstars definitely paid attention to this alpha success yeah. and kind of banded away and didn't let Dark Potato get on it. But, you know, we see uh, a Crystal Power Hondor, or Crystal Power Ringo coming out of Hondor. Uh, Zio, he tried to play that scarf once again. Went nine and five. Did you were excited for that? I know you were uh, really excited for that. Scarf a couple times. He's the only one that has the. He's the only one that's good enough to play him, honestly. Yeah. Because everyone else just doesn't. They stay away from him. But when you have a three item scarf and you uh, stay back at your positioning and you get some broken mistacks and then you alt and do dragon breath, people just get absolutely melted. So uh, props to them for trying that out. Didn't work. Uh, the last game in game three, Hondura goes on that Adagio. Um, we see Veins and Swee. They kind of switch spots again. Swee's going to do the captain role. Veins on that Black Feather. Also, you know, they all went positive besides uh, Swee. You know, it was a back-and-forth match. A really quick game, honestly. And uh, Hondor and his boys go ahead and 3-0. Immortals at level 6. And then NA gets their first official loss from G2. Kind of. Saw it coming eventually, right? I mean, yeah, it was going to happen. Like our six, our six seed going up against their one seed, it should happen technically. Yeah, it would just honestly be embarrassing for the EU and the Bangalore scene altogether. Like, yeah. if your number one <laughs> is losing to our number six, something is wrong with your guys' region. You need to figure it out. So yeah, they three them. Uh, the last match of the day, I thought it was going to be exciting. I thought it was going to be maybe good matchups, but honestly, we got we saw the TSM domination from this match. Uh, we got saw the last matchup was TSM versus uh, Fnatic. So yeah, we see like Bonsi, he gets on that Grump Jaw, and he pulls out that Tension Bow, Double Tyrants, and uh, that's the build I was talking about early on in the episode. That it's a stranger build, but you know, you get that early game aggression with the Tension Bow, but that the the crit you get off of that Hangry, and when you do the, the Grumpy, and he stutter steps is insane. Uh, we do see Palomator try to pull out that Scarf in the jungle. I was excited once again, but not as much success. Yeah, I mean, we see also going into the next matchup, Netalette, they he picks up that Captain Grumpjaw, and then we also see the Sky come out with uh, Palmatoro. I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, uh, trying to zone out and, and get away from Von C, who was on that, that Crystal Power Black Feather, uh, just did not work out really well. Von C was hitting his on points, and he was really taking it to Palmatoro in the jungle. Um we see Best Chuck NA, he gets four offensive items, the breaking point, the Tyrant's Monocle, Tension Bow, Sorrow Blade. Uh he went five and one and he did his positioning was top notch that that match. Yeah, I mean Crystal Blackfeather is definitely an all in type hero. If you're not hitting your own points, you're gonna struggle, which I was surprised it was as successful against Palmator on that Sky. You know, Sky can dance around and uh, reposition herself to the point of it's really hard to determine where she's going to end up to hit those on points. So Bonsi struggled. He went 4-2, and two, but for most of this game, he was not being successful. Best Chuck definitely helped them into the late game until Bonsi started actually being more successful and hitting those on points. Two broken miss, Shatter Glass, barely any defense. 
Bouncy definitely uh, worked his positioning in this. So yeah, you know, gangs or uh, Team Solo mid 2-0 right now. Going into game three, I was think, hoping you know see something out of Fnatic, something maybe different uh, to not allow uh, TSM on their most comfortable heroes. And uh, unfortunately, that's kind of what they did. We see TSM on uh, Best Truck on Gwen and Bouncy on that Crystal. Uh, Kestrel. Yeah, Kestrel, you know, Von C, he goes with no defense at all, which is what you're supposed to do as long as you have the good positioning. Uh, we also see Tetno JJ. I mean, he gets the poison shift to try to counter that. Uh, Adagio heal from Flash X uh, didn't really work as well. Uh, we also see Palmatoro getting that CC Glaive. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just never the biggest fan of the CC Glaive. Maybe that's because I can't play that role, but, you know... Um, I'm just not yeah, a big fan of it. I mean, quick aggression, early aggression coming out of TSM. We see uh, four items on Techno JJ, only three items on Net Netolet. So quick game, TSM definitely showed the dominance, and I thought that dom dominance was going to continue. That was a great showing for them to d dominate a team like Fnatic. So day two was insane. Definitely a lot of good NAEU matchups. To an extent, we saw an EU team 3-0 and NA team, but we saw, you know, uh, Gangstars do a, a strong job against Team Secret. We saw, you know, Team Solo mid 3-0 uh, Fnatic, and we saw SK should have 3-0, or we saw C9 should have 3-0 would SK, but SK did take one game on, game off of them. You so. really think they should have 3-0 them? SK is not bad, man. I think they're I just right. I don't think Cavalfar. I don't know. Tyrese is good, but Cavalfar just. I think he picks too many unconventional heroes. I don't know. But that's part of why he's so good sometimes, because the. The other team can't prep for that draft. I mean, they, you know, it kind of throws them off when they see him lock in. Well, not anymore, but like when he, when he kind of first pulled out that Rona, that weapon power Rona for the lane, like people are like, "Whoa, what's what's this about?" I mean, he's he's so un untraditional when it comes to picking heroes. I think that's kind of what makes him one of the more popular carries. I mean, you can't really say SK is better than Fnatic. So the fact that TSM can three O Fnatic, I, I do think Cloud Nine is good enough to three O SK in which we kind of do see Cloud9. They have a great day three. Uh, let's go ahead and go into day three and break down a lot of these drafts and go into more detail in these matchups because day three is, is pretty crazy. Yeah, so, you know, Sunday comes around. We got day three, uh, bright and early. Crazy matchup to start the day. Number one, G2 versus number four, Gangsters. Uh, if you don't watch Bangalore and you probably see this matchup, you're like, oh, G2's favored. But honestly, Gangstars is probably the favorite team going into this against a team like G2 from EU. Right away, we see G2 pull that Koshka ban out to get that away from that strong NA team. And then Gangstars ban the way that Arden, which we do see EU teams like to use, kind of force G2 to play that uh, Lyra, which I was not expecting um, Kaino Nakoa. Keanu Nukoa. Keanu Nukoa. This is why he has me on uh, the podcast, just to help correct his uh, enunciation. He he knows all the knowledge. I just correct the enunciation. All right, moving on. Go ahead. Nukoa, as I like to call him, uh, he did a really good job of giving Wrecked a run for his money on his Lyra play. I was kind of impressed. Uh, pretty close matchup here. You know, 8-7 and seven, uh, was the final score, um, with Iraqi doing that double uh, sustain with a tension bow to end the game we've been seeing players do this a lot more and i think their purpose is just to get that uh it's a cheap way to get the armor piercing coming out of them xeno four and four on the kestrel it was really just a close matchup back and forth really between both these teams they were some sloppy times really just a lot of smart fighting and they really uh 
pick their uh, battles. So the EU side, their heroes were a little interesting as well. You know, definitely an EU type comp. Yeah, I mean, we see Dark Potato pulling out this Lance, uh, which we know he's very well known for his Lance play. Um, you know, he gets that tension bow and he gets some more of that weapon power. He was building towards a, a Sorrow Blade, I believe. He had the six sins and the heavy steel. But uh, he really went heavy on defense as well to try to last a little bit longer, especially when you get those glitter sh glimmer shots coming out. Glitter? Uh, glimmer. Dude, all right. Talons, they should have some type of glitter shots. <laughs> <laughs> Talons is a whole different podcast. Anyway, so, yeah, I mean, those glitter shots. Oh, my God. <laughs> glitter shots. You hit your first. Glimmer shots oh, coming man. out from Kestrel. You take over from here. You know what? As Rec would say, EU easy. Because they struggled early on, but once Iraqi got his build going, he got back onto Hundor. That front line for them was doing a great job of tanking up all of their damage. And then once they got later on into the game, Zeno did a great job of deleting uh, Nakoa and Dark Potato, and Zeno Iraqi could just run back and delete Hundor. Hundor went five and two. He didn't start dying until the late game, so. Uh, they just got the right kills at the right time and pushed to win that first game. To be honest, I was very surprised with Iraqi's Black Feather play, too. I mean, he we haven't seen him play that Black Feather very much. Uh, I definitely prefer it more than his Baron play. No offense, Iraqi, if you ever listened. But, um, yeah, his Black Feather play was top-notch that game. Yeah, I was. we were talking about, oh, you know, Black Feather, Ceno, yep. Kestrel, Iraqi. And yep. They kind of had made a switch, which I was really happy about. I like seeing a Crystal Kestrel come out of the jungle a lot more than seeing it uh, in the lane. And I didn't really want to see a Crystal Black Feather in the jungle. That's a lot harder to do. And I don't know if Xeno likes a Crystal Black Feather. He definitely likes that weapon power more. But, uh, you know, that first game, there were definitely some nerves. There was a lot of sloppy plays. Xeno had some positioning off. He was kind of, you know, just maybe some nervousness. But... Uh, Zeno started to hit those shots. He started hitting those one-shot, one-kills, and he was picking Hundor off in the back, and I have no idea how. There was one point there was a Crystal Sentry, the front line of Nakoa and Dark Potato, and literally no one got in the way. Hundor was in the back, got hit by that, and Iraqi just sprinted to the back, took the opportunity, and killed him. That's what actually got that last ace. They pushed and happened to win the game right then. You so. know, props to them as well, because they, they're chains that, that game with uh, getting Grumpjaw stuffed and um, unloading it into the Kestrel's pool and getting that, that chain off. They were doing a great job with that, too. It, they struggled at first, but later on in the game, they had some better chains. Chain, what is it, like chain reaction? Is that what you call it? Like Chain stun? Yeah, chain stun. Chain stun. Yeah, good thinking, Lincoln. Yep. All right, so yeah. I don't know, I thought they did a really good job with that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, game two, let's go ahead and look at this draft. I was interested to see what EU, you know, NA, we are kind of known for adapting after a game, figuring out what we can do different to kind of throw off the other team. Uh, but, you know, let's break down the draft with this second game. So, starting out, we got Gangstars on side A and G2 on side B. Uh, Gangstars, right away, they ban out Lance. Uh, G2 comes back and bans out Lyra, which allows Gangstars. They go ahead and pick up that Grumpjaw again. Uh, worked really well for them the first game, so why, why change anything there? Uh, G2, they pick up that Vox. And then, like we had talked about earlier, we see that Gangstars gives the respect to G2. They ban out that Alpha. They do not want... Uh, dark potato on that alpha so g2 then pays their respects and they'd ban out kashka they don't want xenotech on that kashka um, although they do leave open the kestrel will be picked up then along with uh we see the baron come out and uh, on stream oh everyone boy. on stream baron was picked everyone goes yeah. oh, oh boy i don't think anyone has faith in iraqi's baron like he definitely needs to have like some crazy good games to prove himself which 
you know, they do win this game. Uh, Can I finish my draft? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, and then G2, they pick up Finn and Glaive. Okay, now you can go ahead. Oh, man. So, wait, I want you to talk about Iraqi's build on Baron because you were complaining about it the whole game. Yeah, because he had double tornado trigger. Okay, anyone who's listening right now, if, if you know the game of Vanglory and how it's been played recently, what do you pick up? Not two Star tornado Blade, triggers. Point, Tyrant's Monocle. Two Tyrant's Monocles, not two tornado triggers. I think his purpose was so he could auto-attack I don't lot care more. what his purpose you was. You still get the crit from Tornado Trigger. I don't care. You still get the not crit. Not as much. So the bottom line is that even though Iraqi did go 6-2, and two, like Tasty said, his Baron was good. It wasn't phenomenal. Uh, Iraqi did a great job of uh, secure, sec- kill securing from Xeno. Uh, you know what, people? Words are hard. <laughs> and sometimes on this podcast, we drink a beer before we do it because we're celebrating the end of the spring season. This is our 20th episode. We made Ooh. it. 20 episodes, the end of spring. We're about to take a three weeks off. Not really, because we're going to do episodes. But before season starts, so we're celebrating today, you know? Anyways, uh, back to the draft. I want to go on a rant about how we make a lot of mistakes. But um, in this game, we see that cooldown uh, glaive that you despise just because you don't know how to play him. Uh, Nakoa kind of pulls out that last effort uh, Hail Mary with a piercing shard on that uh, fin. So... So, I mean, this is just, I want to highlight something that happened in this game that is, you don't realize that when you're playing your own matches or when we play our casuals ranked, uh, we suck, you know? We don't really pay attention to small macro details. So, in this match, we see uh, Nakoa, he went for that early contract as well. Wreck did not. So, he got that early fountain. As soon as they realized they had fountain and they had this power spike over uh, G2, they go ahead and rotate the lane, force a fight, and G2 doesn't play it smart and sit by turret. They kind of fight too and they don't have a fountain. So, that was really helped Gangstar get that first kills. Uh, they really took advantage of those power spikes. And uh, when you don't look at the other enemies, uh, you know, their scoreboard to see what they have built, what they have finished, and don't recognize and um, give that respect to those power spikes, uh, you can take advantage, which just leads into that 4,000 uh, 4, lead for Gangstar to the 8-minute mark. You know, Zeno, he's looking a lot more comfortable. He's starting to make a lot of big plays. The other big part of that was they they got the first turret at the 530 minute mark, which allowed them to open up. You know, they don't have a turret to retreat back to then. That can kind of start that snowball, which I think we kind of saw a little bit. I mean, they Gangstars, they got an ace at the 10, 15 minute, or 10, 15 minute mark, uh, and they were playing extremely confident, playing extremely well, doing a good job farming, uh, getting as much gold as possible. Uh, but then I kind of see, you know, uh, G2, they got two kills at the 14 minute mark, and I was kind of like a little bit worried about a little bit of a turnaround and I thought it was going to happen, but Gangstars, they pulled together, um, you know, they ended up winning the game. Yeah, uh, I they had a great team fight at the end, that was like a, uh, an actual great, perfectly executed team fight. Those four kills from G2 did happen late game when they started winning these team fights, kind of like back yeah. to back, and I was like, ooh, I mean, they're not, they're kind of starting to struggle here on this uh, double tyrant, or double tr- tornado trigger, not double tyrants, Baron, so I was worried that it was going to fall off. But it didn't. They got their stuff together. They win game two. Going into game three, are we going to see a 3-0 from the four seed against the one seed uh, draft? Real quick, not going to go through it all. Just going to highlight the important things uh, that Gangstars do get their Kashka. That is uh, one thing to note. NA has their Kashka. We're going to see how this dominates. Uh, I think they did a great job, G2, of trying to counter this. They couldn't get the Lance because it was banned. But they picked up a Rhyme, which Rhyme does do a decent job against melee heroes. But when you have Akashka, who has the movement speed that she does, when she does her twirly, whatever nonsense thing you call it, she can kind of run away from Rhyme, and he struggles getting off those auto or his A's and getting that fortified health. So 
Uh, they did a they did a good attempt of trying to get it. You know, Wreck gets on that cooldown or not cooldown glaive, but that capping glaive and getting those knockbacks. So I mean that this match three. Let's go into some of the details and uh, of how this match played out. So yeah, right away we see, uh, I mean, Gangstars, they get that first blood against that Rhyme, which we kind of figured. Um, they have maybe a little bit more of the early game attack power with that having that Kashka on their team. But then it kind of like turned a little bit. We do see G2, G2 kind of fight back, and um, they, you know, I was like, wow, is this going to be stronger than uh, the Tension Bow, uh, Gwen, and the Aftershock Kashka? But it, it starts to straighten itself back out. Um, G2, they had, they were starting to get that momentum, but uh, Gangstar said, no, not today. We're not going to let this go to another game. Yeah, Iraqi, he does have three full red items at minute 11. He kind of forced Hondor in to have these three, uh, three. He had three defense items. He had a reflex, tier one armor, tier one, I think, shield. So uh, Iraqi was feeling more confident about making the plays while Hondor was kind of forced into being more defensive. He couldn't really get any damage off, which that really just allowed... Iraqi and Zeno to have a strong game with Iraqi and Zeno on Zeno on that Kashka specifically, but uh, yeah, like you said, you know they didn't really let G two. There's slight times or small times during these matches where G two looks strong, but uh, Gangstars pulled it together and they three zero the number one from Euro and Euro. Hmm. <laughs> Get this guy another beer. <laughs> they move on to the final. Um, I don't, there is, I, who knows, like 0.096% I think had predicted the finals that ended up happening, and I know not many people predicted Gangstars would be there, not definitely with, with how they performed during these splits. Real quick, is there any bigger troll than Wrecked, by the way, too, with the, all the emotes that he does, and the, just the messing around? I don't know if, what match was that when he and, it was the other captain where he was chasing them down, and they just kept messing with each other? It was... Okay, yeah, it was Nakoa and him. Yes. Nakoa got all the way back on Gangstar's side because they had just aced them. And for some reason, Iraqi and Zeno go to push while uh, Wreck chase Nakoa to their side of the jungle. And they literally were just sitting next to each other, throwing out emotes. And then Nakoa decided he was going to back. And he literally was like probably point seconds away from backing. And then Wrecked auto-attacked him. And then his, uh, finally, Zeno went home, and then he had his portal up, so he poured it through the wall, tried to go back, but Zeno was there. It was such a troll moment, and then they literally just won after that, and then he had to go shake the dude's hand, and he just trolled forever. Yeah. But, you know, wrecked, a.k.a. EU, easy. So he's been the troll from the tournament all along. Gives it a lot of hype. You know, we even saw uh, when they were playing Team Secret, Tricky and him talking smack on stage during the match. They were looking at each they other. They were giving and, each other some stare downs. Every time Tricky would uh, kind of get an ace, he would kind of like beat his chest and be all macho. And Iraq's like, "Yeah, you just wait till we win the game." <laughs> like, he got a little scary though there for a little bit. Yeah, I thought they were gonna lose. Anyways, next matchup, unfortunately, not gonna be our finals like I thought it was gonna be. We do see probably the best matchup in the semis: Cloud Nine versus TSM, the El Clasico matchup. El Clasico of esports. Uh, it was pretty interesting. Game one. Not too much crazy stuff happens uh, draft-wise. Uh, we see Cloud9 bans away that Black Feather. I was kind of interested, you know, that being their first ban out of everything they possibly could ban. Team Silla Mid kind of sticks their original bans they do. They ban away Glaive, which allows Cloud9 and Isle of Joseph to have that Kashka. And then the Grump Jaw comes out from Team Silla Mid. Uh, second round of bans, we see Baron being banned away. And then the Lance. So... The bands were pretty interested coming out of the Cloud9 side. The bands on Team Silla Mid were kind of standard. 
Uh, last pickups for Cloud9, we see a Lyra and a Vox. And then the last pickups for Team Silver Mid, we see an Adagio and a Fortress. So I was pretty excited to see this Crump Jaw actually being a weapon power and more of a carry. Yeah, I mean, we see, you know, starting out, like like you had talked about, there's just a lot of farming, not a whole lot going on. Um, you know, first blood wasn't until seven minutes in. So that's how kind of dead the beginning of the game was. Um, C9, they finally got an ace at the 10-15 minute mark, and that's when the first turret went down. Um, Team Solo Mid, they go ahead at the 11.45 minute mark, and they go ahead and take their first turret. So it was a little back and forth there as well. They also got the gold mine off the back of that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Von C in this game, he was definitely the MVP in my opinion. Uh, he was very particular about when he uses ultimate and who he would pick up. Uh, particularly in some of these fights, it would be Gabe Vizzle, which we talked about earlier, is that that doesn't allow Gabe to get actives off. kind of en enables him of uh, keeping old school and Isla Joseph alive. And uh, Best Chuck was just allowed to sit back, stack up that BM, and really do a lot of damage. I was surprised Isla Joseph 3 and 6 on this Kashka did not do that strong of a job. Uh, we see towards the end here, uh, Team Silver Mid, it was, you know, they played a lot of smart game. They Both teams played smart. They didn't want to be too aggressive. They waited for their uh, power spikes to come through. And, uh, you know, towards the end, it was kind of a base rush. And Flash and Chuck, they were rushing to go get the base. And then Gabe had to come back. Timers were kind of low, and Koshka responds. Yeah, it was crazy because, like, Gabe, the perfect portal, he goes back up like he's going to the base like he's just giving up, which I know he wasn't giving up, but... And he portals, he extends his portal down towards the the vein crystal, so that way I Love Joseph on that Kashka could just go right through the portal right when he came out of the base, right when he spawned, and try to take out Flash and try to save the rest of that game. Yeah, unfortunately, no, Flash and Chuck, they did have enough damage to get those last hits off. So uh, I was super happy at this point, my bias side. I am a Team Solo mid fan, yep. just in esports in general, outside of Vanglory as well, so I you know kind of stick with them. Uh, but they get this first win. They looked pretty strong going into game two. Uh, you know, this is when Cloud Nine, I think, absolutely outplays Team Solo Mid. I have, I honestly will be interested to see what Flash to say in the future and maybe what happened. But they pull out some picks here that Team Solo Mid was not prepared for. And Cloud Nine is the main scrim partner of Team Solo Mid. So I have a really good feeling that whatever. Cloud9, when they worked on this comps, they did not work on it with TSN. They may have worked on this with other scrim partners because to me, it seemed like after this second game, when we break it down, we, you'll know why. Team Solomid seemed flustered. They didn't know how to handle this, and Cloud9 actually dominated these next couple of matchups. So you want to break down this matchup and what Cloud9 executed? Yeah, so let's dive into the draft real quick. Um, Team Solomid on side A, Cloud9 on side B. We see Team Solomid, they do their typical ban of Glaive. They eliminate Glaive. Uh, Cloud9, they ban out Grumpjaw, which allows Team Solo Mid to pick up that Kashka. I was excited to see Von C on that Kashka. And then this is where it starts to get interesting for the Cloud9 side right away. Uh, we see them pick up Baptiste, and we know that Gabe's going to play that Baptiste. Uh, we knew he'd be the player. If anyone was going to play it, it'd be him. Uh, the next ban, we see Team Solo Mid, they ban out the Black Feather, and then Cloud9 bans out that Lyra. This is kind of surprising, too, because you see... Lyra getting banned last, and then you also see Cloud9 picking up Adagio. Normally you don't see the healers make it that far down the list. Um, so the t final two pickups for Team Solo Mid were Fortress and Gwen. Uh, I like the pickup with the Fortress. It pairs that up with the Kashka. Um, you know, the early game's really strong with them, as long as you can um, follow through with it. But uh, the final pickup for Cloud9 then was Adagio and Rona. So I think this is the first time, I, me personally, that I've seen... Uh, C9 pick up a Rona. I was very interested to see how they were going to play with this. 
yeah, Rona in general on the NA side is not something we see. We did see Iraqi pulled out early on in the lane, but coming out of Cloud9, this is very unconventional, not something they uh, they run, but like we heard from Ian, the manager from Cloud9, is this is something they had practiced and planned, and they had recognized very early on that Baptiste, when he uh, you know, uses Ordain and some of these abilities, he keeps Von C in this area. It doesn't allow his team to move faster or anything, but it kind of enables the enemy jungler or whoever you're targeting not to be able to get away. And Von C had no reflex block. So, like, he wasn't able to get away from I Love Joseph. So all I, I Love Joseph had to do is jump into this area of where the Ordain was. And then if he would just red mist and just, you know, absolutely destroy Von C. Honestly, in my opinion, this loss is on Von C. He had no reflex. He really did not enable his team to make the plays. And uh, this was not just a one-game type thing. I love Joseph's Rona. It happened a lot more. Yeah, we like you said, we kept hearing Fuji say, why does he not have a reflex bot? Because he, every time he kept getting stunned up. So, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that Von C, this was on Von C, that he should have had that reflex block. And I'm kind of disappointed that... You know, these guys, as good as they are, didn't kind of pick up on that mid-game. And, I mean, they never ended up going with it. I don't know if it was something Vonsi doesn't think he needed. He had a light shield. I think that would have been smarter if he was trying to go into an Aegis. Why not start with your reflex when you're going into it? I Love Joseph went 5-2. and two. Gabe went 3-0. and oh. Absolutely made some insane plays. I Love Joseph 8-4. and four. Uh, Serpent's Mask going into a breaking point. Didn't even need to finish it. This game ends at the 13-minute mark, almost in 14 minutes. So... Honestly, game two is when this thing gets turned around. This Rona is not something we see. And I was just really impressed with Cloud9's execution of this. I think they could have pulled it out again because uh, they do pull out Rona again. But the Baptiste is something that I think would have worked as well. But they kind of have to, you know, counterpick. So this second matchup, I'm not going to go through the whole band, the draft here. But we are going to talk about a little bit of it. Uh, we see Rona being picked again. And I think the best part about this is they just wanted to show that another captain works well with Rona as well. And this Fortra, Fortra, Fortra is half Rona, half Fortress. Hmm. New hero, I just created it. Cool. But this Fortress and Rona combo, <laughs> when Fortress would just, you know, use his uh, Truth of Tooth, Law of the Claw type abilities, get those bleed sacks on, and then Rona would just jump in. Here is the main issue of this match. Was Von C on that Kestrel once again? Yeah, I mean, we see Von C, you know, he goes with that Kestrel, you know, no defense like you should, all all uh, crystal power, but your positioning's got to be key. And we saw time after time, uh, you know, we see that the, the Rona and the Adagio, they just tore him apart every time, especially with that Fortress being paired up with them. Uh, Von C, he missed a lot of one-shot, one-kills, though. We kept seeing him miss that. Even if even if it's just to try to chunk down a little bit of the health, he wasn't leading it like or as much as he should be. Um, it was just not a great game from Vonsi. Yeah, and we start to see this trend of Isle of Joseph and Rona in general, no matter who it's on, uh, being able to use her into the fray and completely bypass any traps. And we see this first game, uh, Isle of jo or Vonsi struggling big time against it. Next game, we see Rona again. So we see um, them having another chance of being able to use a Kestrel to stop it, and they start figuring out a little bit. But honestly, his ability to bypass these stuns is what really ends up losing or winning these games for Cloud9. So this, this they win 7-3. to three. Another not that much action uh, coming out of both these teams. They kind of just uh, go into late game, and then these last kills, they get an ace, and it kind of just turns the game for them. So let's go ahead and break down these match four. All right, so we got Team Solo mid on side A, Cloud9 on side B. Uh, right away, we see Team Solo mid. They ban out that Adagio 
which then uh, Cloud9, they go ahead and ban out that Lyra. So we got no healer captains in this one. Um, then we see Team Solomon, they pick up the Kestrel, and then Cloud9 picks up the Kashka. The next two bans, Team Solomid bans out that Glaive, and Cloud9 bans out that Grumpjaw. So for the final two pickups, we, team, we see Team Solomid, they pick up Arden and Blackfeather, and then we see Cloud9, they pick up that Fortress and the Rona again. I mean, obviously I'm not a Vanglorious player here, so I'm kind of interested to see what Flash X can do to stop a Rona besides this Kestrel. I don't think Kestrel is the answer in this case. Like we said, they need to be doing this exact perfect stuns and getting these missed out perfectly to stop Rona. And you don't have just Rona here. You have, or like a, someone to engage. You have a Kashka who engages, a Fortress who engages, and a Rona. So these are three people that can jump over this stun and get into the back line and absolutely blow Bon C up. And, uh, you know, this game, we don't see I Love Joseph on the Rona. Actually, we have two melee heroes. Yeah, we see old school in that Rona. Which, which I was, was interested to see if he would be able to play just as well, and he played, played just as well. Just as well. Yeah, exactly. it, it's crazy. C9 and their, the, the players on that team, they are also gifted mechanically. That I mean, I, they can just pick up any hero and just run with it. Yeah, so um, we saw probably the most craziest part of this matchup in general was uh, some back-and-forth matchups and some back-and-forth fights. Uh, the main the main thing of this matchup that I wrote down in my notes is that if Von C gets off the trap, they win. If not, you know they take too way too much upfront damage and they die. So uh, we saw when they would win, they would get an ace. It was because of Von C's trap. There was some times where he got triple stuns, absolutely deleted them, and they did a really great job. And you could just see the caution coming out of Cloud Nine. They would avoid these traps. They would flare out the traps in that last series where we see Cloud Nine end up pushing and win. We see them go right over Avanci trap, and Gabe Vizzle does the stuff he does. Yeah, I mean, Team Solomid, they, they unleash the Kraken. They're going to win the game. I'm like, okay, we're going to go to a game five. This is going to be great. And then, you know, the Team Solomid didn't get the fight that they really wanted, and C9 started to turn around. So they're retreating, you know. Team Solomid's like, all right, got to back off. we got to, you know, live to fight another day. And they were doing a great job of that. And we see that uh, Vonsi, he lays down that trap. I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh, here it is. Boom. And he, he activated it, but I kid you not, Gabe had the perfect crucible and blocked it. It did a little bit of damage, but it didn't stun him up, and it didn't explode on them. And it was a great job by Gabe. Yeah, I mean, that legit won the game for them. Uh, when you get on top of Kestrel, when she puts on her pool and runs, if she stuns you, she can get away. But if she doesn't, she does some damage. But that just allowed Kashka, Fortress, and Rona, probably the three most dive heroes out there, get on top of Vonsi, kill them, and I was just like, well, there's the game. Like, once again, they try to run this Kestrel into the Rona. Maybe that is a good counter. I'm not quite sure if that is, and that's what, you know, Flash wanted to run. They just needed to execute it correctly. They didn't. Cloud9 wins and goes into the finals against Gangstars. So going into this matchup, Gangstars versus Cloud9. Cloud9 is looking exceptional. They're looking on fire. Uh, man, I love Zeno. He's uh, one of my favorite players, one of my favorite streamers. Uh, going into the season, I had a lot of uh, doubt in him just because I've never seen him perform well on the stage. We know that is mostly because he's never been with a team who's been able to practice as much as he has with the Gangstars, and he proved me wrong all series long. So, I mean, hats off to Zeno for just doing a really great job in this matchup altogether. Um, but, you know, we kind of expected going into it that Gangstars was going to really struggle against a Cloud9 team who was just performing out of their mind right now. 
Um, I was hoping and rooting for Gangstars. You know, maybe they would pull on an upset. That strictly because they ran the gauntlet. Like, they had to go yeah. from day one and make it through some crazy teams to get to where they did. And don't get me wrong, Gangstars was playing pretty out of their mind as well. I mean, they had some great plays. They had closer matchups. But when it came down to it, they made the plays necessary to get them to the grand finals. So, uh, well-deserved to get them there, but they had a very tough opponent to go up against. So this first matchup, I'm not going to break down the whole draft. It's going to go through some of the main highlights of uh, you know, Cloud9. They've been with that grump draw, which we've seen Wreck and Zeno both do a fantastic job on this. Um, you know, Gangstars have been with Akashka, so that's typical... Uh, another thing was Black Feather. They're definitely targeting specific heroes that they're struggling with. Um, you know, Cloud9 didn't pick up this Rona up until after Gangstar's last picked Rona before Cloud9 picked up Arden. So Gangstar's picking Rona, not a fan at all. If you think Cloud9 is going to stay away from Rona, there is no need for you to pick her up and try to run her against a team that executes Rona perfectly. Well, maybe though the Iraqi was thinking with the earlier success, and when he played the Rona, it might work against Cloud9. But running it versus Tempo Storm versus Cloud9 is going to be a little bit different. And honestly, I just want to look at this match and rewatch it and say, okay, what did Cloud9 do to stop the Rona that TSM could not do? Because it may have been maybe just the build, or it might have been just Iraqi being in the lane versus the jungle, or maybe it was just the Kestrel. Because you see a Glaive, who is a very tanky hero. Glaive doesn't need to immediately run from Rona. Glaive can do his own and then withstand his own, along with Arden and an Adagio who can heal. So, I mean, this first matchup, we see uh, I Love Joseph going 11-3 and on this Glaive, saying, hey, Zeno, uh, props going 18-3. and during that game, but I'm gonna go in eleven and three. I'm not gonna only go in eleven and three, but I'm gonna get eleven kills in nine minutes. Absolutely insane game coming on I Love Joseph. Yeah, he was top notch on that as well for sure. Uh watching Zeno play this Kestrel a little bit, uh not bad, but it wasn't his best performance either. For Zeno, and I think he admits it, it was bad. Just because there was times where his positioning was you have to these professional players, you know, they are so good at knowing where the afterburn limit is where if you stay outside of the afterburn limit you're you're pretty much safe but you know sometimes he was close enough to where isla joseph would get the afterburn off to stun and you get a sorrow blade tornado trigger that's all he needed you know glaive has a lot of upfront damage and you know there's sometimes where Zeno he hits on one shots but uh he just wasn't doing enough damage in the back lines to where iraqi could be that front tanky they need yeah absolutely so we see that you know obviously uh, C9 takes that game one. Um, C9 had all the turrets gone by 13 minutes, and they pretty much just rushed the base, uh, said, you guys aren't going to be able to beat us. Even at the base, they tried to make a stand there and pretty much just finished the game right there. Yeah, Iraqi with that uh, double sustain on the run, not really much damage coming out of it. But going this game two, I was hoping Gangstars would be able to you know, have a strong performance. Uh, Cloud9, I was interested to see if they were going to go back to that Rona and just keep running it. Honestly, I love Joseph. Uh, we'll talk about him later. I'm not going to talk about him right now. But uh, he pulls out this guy, which uh, ended up being a really strong pick. Not as strong as maybe that Rona. He did go 3-0. and Did a really good job of positioning in this matchup. Uh, we see the first band coming out of Gangstars is that Kashka. Second band is that Grumpjaw. So once again, we see Grumpjaw being banned a lot of the times in these matchups. Yeah, I mean... I actually really like this guy pick because I, I can't remember if it was Tasty Bacon who had said it or if it was Fuji, but regardless, they made a good point that, um, you know, Gangstar's picking up this Finn 
Uh, Finn is one of the slowest captains in the game, and when you get that, that breaking point or that broken myth, it allows you to stack up on him and kind of use him just to get those stacks up and then start going after the carries. And I thought that they both, you know, with the, the Vox and the um, Sky, they both had that, that broken myth and breaking point. So that you could just kind of get those stacks up on him and then switch it over to um, Iraqi and Zeno and start doing damage on them. And which we did talk about earlier is that we feel like Blackfeather can struggle against the Sky because Sky is so mobile. So uh, Blackfeather wants to stick on top of their heroes. Uh, he does have Rose offenses to keep up, but High Love Joseph did a good job of bouncing around using forward barrages and those Surrey strikes to kind of reposition himself. It's hard to hit those on points. Yeah, those on points. That that, that fortified help, which actually helps keep you alive a lot of the times. So those Crystal Blackfeathers, uh, Zeno was weapon in this case, but those Crystal rely on that fortified health. So... Uh, another honestly disappointing game for Gangstars. They just couldn't get their positioning and their damage out. They had to make some aggressive moves early on to kind of force fights. And, you know, Cloud9 was just in a too comfortable place. You know, 8 and 0, Cloud9 goes. Isla Joseph 3 and 0, Old School 3 and 0, Gabe 2 and 0. Uh, Gabe has some really nice um, crucibles. He has, I think, the highest crucible or reflex blocks in the series. Uh, shout out to VG Pro. They provided a lot of stats this weekend. It was really nice seeing those stats, seeing some facts on the screen to help us know, you know, oh, you know, when they get a Kraken, it'd be like, oh, this team gets two turrets out of each Kraken or how many aces they average per matchup. So that was really great. Really great job of Bangalore to partner up with them and supply all these stats for this matchup. Um, but yeah, you know, the old school coming out with that uh, standard build along with the Isle of Joseph, pulling out that uh, Frostburn and Broken Myth on that guy. I thought it was interesting. We see it again. We see Wrecked with the double double shield, and then he's got the Atlas Pauldron. You know, he's building up that defense because he knows he's getting stacked up on with that Broken Myth and that, that breaking point. And he was trying to, He at one point he had to survive as long as he could. Well, in this case with the double shield, you know, his, uh, his B... Uh, he the quiver yeah. and the, you know that does add, the polite company. The polite company adds that extra shield since it does pair up with his team. So uh, we see him doing that a lot along with the Lyra. The health pairs up with his sigil. So uh, in that case, it makes sense. The one time we saw it, it was on the Adagio and he had three armor, which that was just strictly him trying to survive. So in this case, you know, kind of give that extra fortified health for his team. But that was game two. Uh, we do go into a game three series uh, three two zero right now. Really hoping Gangstars can maybe win a game and continue on this finals and not have a 3-0 for our final. Yeah. Uh, so diving into the, the third matchup, or the third game here, we see Cloud9 on side A, Gangstars on side B. We got Cloud9, they ban out that Grumjaw right away, and then Gangstars bans away that Lance, allowing C9 to pick up the Adagio, and then Gangstars got the Kashka. So I was excited about that, seeing maybe Zeno on this Kashka here. Hopefully he could bring that back out and do some work with that. Uh, C9, they go ahead and band away the Fortress, and then Gangstars actually bans away Baptiste. So that was a pretty interesting ban. They did not want to have to deal with that, especially once we saw that Kashka early, or when, when uh, he was doing that against the Kashka against TSM. You couldn't get out of that ordained. So uh, the final two pickups for Cloud9, we see Arden and Rona, and then we see Gangstars, they pick up the Glaive and the Vox. Yeah, we see, I think maybe Gangstars were predicting a Rona pick coming out, so they didn't want that deadly combo of that Baptiste and a Rona together. But you know what? This is a 2-0. They're going to match three. Cloud9's like, you know what? Might as well take it seriously. Let's just put Isle of Joseph back on that Rona, make him unstoppable, and kind of, you know, just go ahead and win this game automatically. But, you know, just some of the main highlights in this matchup altogether, um, you know, going into it was just 
uh, you know, Cloud9, they picked up the first blood. We see them having that early aggression right away. And for me, it was just Zeno. He really needed to be on point with everything he was doing in this matchup. He needed to, you know, make the right place. He was trying to be more aggressive in the jungle, trying to steal away camps and just do everything he did. But you know what? Uh, I'm going to give all props to Gabe. There were certain times where we I wanted to give the MVP to Gabe. I wanted to give the MVP to Old School and then Ilo Joseph. Like, they all three really deserved it. Gabe just makes insane plays to keep his team alive, to set up these kills. And, uh, you know, Gabe, I don't know. He is one of the best captains out there right now. But, Without a doubt. I mean, they got the Kraken at, you know, at 1530. And, you know, Cloud9 uses that Kraken to help push in. And, you know what? Cloud9 is our very first unified spring champion. Uh, probably not the matchup a lot of people predicted this Gangstars versus Cloud9. A lot of people are talking, you know, Cloud9 versus TSM, TSM versus G2, you know, those kind of people. So, uh, you know what? Shout out to Cloud9. Deserve it. Isla Joseph definitely got to raise a trophy. You know, Gabe has been up there on the stage. So I'm sure he's happy to be back there with his boys. Early, early on, let's look way back. We saw them dominating those early splits, preseason type matchups on that Viz. And that was something that people said, you know, they're the best team. We go into the splits. We see uh, Hammers and Team Solomid kind of be those strong teams and uh, ends up Cloud9. They practiced, they performed, uh, they have a great team behind them. So uh, just shout out to them all together. Yeah, I mean, also props to Gangstars though too. I mean, we've we've seen them all year long be up and down. And, you know, we've earlier on in the VGA, we, you know, are they actually the number two seed? Are they actually the number one seed? Or they, are they four seed? We've seen them bounce around. You know, they've had their highs and lows. But, I mean... You know, this gives them confidence going into the, the hopefully this summer VGA, and they can you know practice and get that gameplay even tighter and be able to compete with those top tier teams, those along with with Hammers and TSM and Cloud9. Yeah, I mean, early on we saw the kind of smack talk from Glaive. You know, supposedly the second best team out there, and you know what, Gangstars they stuck in there and they ended up being the second best team. They got second. That's still huge for Gangstars to be able to perform like they did this weekend. Hopefully they continue becoming a better team. Maybe Rex can come live with them at the team house starting the summer and moving forward. I know he wasn't there altogether. Uh, so yeah, you know, speaking of summer, we do have summer giving up. Before we go into summer, our MVP, we know Vanglory gave the MVP to uh, old, old School. School. But very much deserved. But for me, for an NA player to play basically the same hero throughout a lot of these games and not a hero that's just like, oh, this is the standard OP hero that everyone plays and it's boring to watch, I love Joseph pulled out Arona and had huge success. And even that Sky, when you played that Sky. So shout out to I love Joseph. You are our MVP for this whole tournament. Great job. Crude's clapping for you. Take a bow. But, I mean, Gabe, like I said, I wanted to give it to him too just because of the plays he was making and setting up for I love Joseph and that Crucible Gabe have was you know kind of like that famous uh, punch flash head back in the day so this crucible will always be talked about in the future of vainglory but for sure uh you know our upcoming future here summertime's coming up we'll be interested to see what happens with some of these teams our last episode of fuji he kind of talked about the future of echo fox that was exciting to hear uh immortals uh hopefully they'll be doing some things this summer i don't know if they are getting a team house what their plans are I'm excited to see Immortals come back into the scene. You know, you got Rogue, you got NRG. I know they maybe have some switches here. Misfits. Uh, with Hardek. I don't know where he's going to end up being. Uh, you know, Misfits with um, King Kiko. or whatever his name actually is. Don't know. It changes every day. Yep. Zero. Um, but yeah, uh, all together we got 
some weeks off june summer starts we'll be doing some other episodes some fun things we're starting to do a couple new projects just to have fun and they may be actually awful but we don't care it's gonna be a fun summer all together yep i'm excited i cannot wait got a couple tricks up our sleeves so stay tuned uh i don't think we do but hopefully crude maybe does but i got tricks up my sleeve He's not wearing a shirt, so actually he has (laughs) no sleeves on. Okay, I'm walking away from this. Jokes on you. But guys, thank you so much for 20 episodes and listening to our nonsense talk about Vainglory. Much love. We so excited. I don't even want to stop this podcast right now, so we're going to talk about what SEMZ did announce, just real quick. We're not talking about Mm, it all. mm. But they did do their future and how it's been at at the layer. They've been working hard. They do have kind of some concept maps that's been going around on Twitter now. Everyone's seen that. Yeah, something about 5v5. Yeah, I don't know. It's this new thing coming out. So Not excited for it. Not at all. Uh, It's actually going to change everything about Vanglory, everything we know. That may be the tipping point to have Vanglory grow to the next level. Um, And then talents. That was another exciting thing. Me and you, I think I did say tear running down your eyes because you were just so excited. Like, talents is going to be some crazy thing. Um... (laughs) Tear running down my eye. Uh, honestly, Bangalore is doing a lot of great things. They care about the community. So many people talking about how Bangalore is dying. It's so toxic. Nonsense. Uh, spread love out there on the fold. It's going to be a great future for us. Were you excited for that land skin as I oh was? Oh my god, dude, that, that land skin was so... Had a trident and, it shield, and he was like all black. It was insane. Like mm. Then the new hero, we got a... Uh, What's her Grace? Grace. She's gonna. Grace? Yeah, Grace. She's got a big Club. cleaver. Club. Not cleavage, even though a lot of Vanglory people have cleavage oh that they show way I'm too walking much. Away. Big cleaver. But uh, thank you guys once again. 20 episodes down for spring. Maybe we'll do 30 for summer if we're lucky. Thanks for sticking with us. Cheers. Do all the things you do. Cheers. So thanks for listening to episode 20. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, We had a lot of fun these last 20 episodes. So thank you so much. If you are listening to this still, we appreciate all the support we've been getting. Time for Rolling has been great. Uh, Arvin and Bleeko, it's just been a really great experience for us. We are so excited for the future. Speaking of the future, we are in the summer now. Uh, so we don't really know what we're going to be doing yet until now the new season starts. We're going to be doing just some covering some of the Viz Pro. We know those will be going on and some of the smaller teams and the teams that are fighting their way for uh, the VG8 still. Uh, we may be doing just some fun things and we know we got a lot of stuff planned. So super excited with the future. Keep sticking with us. Keep following us. We are forever grateful. Um, but yeah, once again, you can follow us on Twitter at TFR underscore esports, and you can follow Arvin Blico and their podcast at Time for Rolling on Twitter. And uh, cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Time for Rolling.